Kid C, Fresh Kid C, yes sir, Fresh Kid P, Fresh Kid T, oh yeah, we back, oh and Zafu, by the way, yeah, jokes. Here we are again at the cleanup, I am Eli Konsker, I'm Ben Ranieri, and I'm Connor Callanan. Uh, we got a special guest on the podcast today. We got our first interview, Dave Sims, Mariners broadcaster on the podcast. Dave was uh, he was a ball. He was nice enough to give us that time. Great guy, Dave Sims. All right. So. I know Ben is real eager to get into a conversation for today, so I'm going to let you lead it off. Yeah, we got some uh, interesting award races, some not-so-interesting award races. Uh, I guess we can just get the kind of boring ones out of the way. Um, how, about, uh, how about we start with the real heated AL Cy Young? Uh, there's a lot of guys that we could go with here. Uh, <laughs> Shane Bieber. Um, yeah. yeah. Since day one, that was his that. award. Guy shoved again today. Um, I don't even really think that's a discussion. He has cemented himself at the top of that Indians rotation. Who would even be number two at this point? I, it's so – it's his award to run away with. I can't even think of. I, I think, I honestly think the last time I looked at it, it might've been uh Lance Lynn that was second in war. Maybe you know, at this point, it's not even a conversation. It's just Shane Beavers. Like there's nothing to yeah. run away with. Yeah. Let's just, let's just move on. I, I think. Yeah. Best picture uh, of the year, probably most likely to me. How about uh, a little teaser for the interview? We talked a little, a uh, little of the, AL Rookie of the Year. Um, I am in the opinion that uh, that is Kyle Lewis. I think Luis Robert gets the national attention. It's Kyle Lewis is the Rookie of the Year. I am in full agreement with that. I think Kyle Lewis has done enough to cement himself in that. I mean, I may be a little biased, but just looking at the numbers, Kyle Lewis uh, has had just an overall better season than Luis Robert. War, yeah. war is pretty even, but pretty much all the numbers. Look at it offensively, but you got to break it down defensively. And if we're looking at it that way, we might be talking about it differently because Luis Robert has been uh, a stronger defender this year. Yeah. So along with the national attention and probably having the prettier number in home run, home runs, he, he might end up getting the nod from the, the voters. Uh, no, I hope not. I, I hope not. I, I'm in your camp as well, but I, I have to be honest with myself, being as unbiased as possible. I mean, to me, Luis Roberts, Luis Roberts running a 314 OBP right now. That's just, just not getting it done for me. Kyle Lewis is coming up robbing homers in the middle of – wildfire central up in seattle hitting homers he's hitting like 298 with a 390 he's he's, I, he's the AL rookie of the year he is i i i i would i love to agree with you but i think robert's gonna get the nod in the end sad we got we got we gotta look at the defensive numbers in the end and it, i don't think it's that close actually Ooh, you think oh so you think Roberts running away with it in the voters' eyes. Uh, from national attention, he currently has a home run lead. I'm pretty sure. Um, I Can we think check on that. I think so too. He has that eleven. Kyle is at ten right now. I, I know it's it's not much, but to 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 the voters that have voted time and time again, things I don't agree with. I Are think we taking into Robert account on the big stage? Are we taking huh? into account? Are we taking into account the fact that do we really think voters are looking at advanced defensive metrics? Because if we don't think that they are, Kyle then it's then it's Kyle highlight Lewis. plays on defense. Then then it's Kyle Lewis. But I think a three ninety OBP just absolutely trumps 
the defensive metrics. Like he's getting on base almost four. What, what do we got on our uh, WRC plus? Yeah, we got we got to take a look at that because WRC plus uh, Kyle Lewis one forty five, Luis Robert uh, one seventeen. It's it's not it's just not close. It's it's Kyle Lewis. If if we're really doing a deep dive, it's Kyle Lewis. What what's what are the defensive numbers? I, I'm pretty sure those things are something we got we got to take into account. Now, just from the past, I, I'm just not confident that – I know Robert gets all the national attention, but if we're really taking into consideration that they're going to be looking hardcore into defensive metrics, I, I just don't see that happening. I don't see writers looking at that as much as we think. I, I love Kyle Lewis, and I personally want to give him the nod. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I just think – Kyle Lewis is a minus .9 defensively. And Robert – is a 5.3. Yeah. But, it, again, it's – working here and MVP are offensive awards. Like, they, I honestly don't feel like they take defense in that big of consideration. Yeah, offensive awards. A hundred percent. I, I, I totally agree with that. I just think the national attention that it's going to get nitpicky at the end. Robert's debatably an MVP for that team, which we also will get into soon. But um, I, I think he might get the nod with that first place White Sox team. That's all I'm saying. All right. I think at this point we can agree to disagree. We're separated. Let's move on to AL MVP. All right, I'll let you guys. I'll let you guys. Jose Abreu. I that was I was I kind of I, I gave a little a little love to it, but I think Jose Abreu is gonna. Interesting. I'm also in. picking a White Sox, but it's not Jose Abreu. I'm giving it to my guy Tim Anderson. Dude, oh, good answer. I love oh. that too. It was that was my split. It was between those two for me. Dude, you know, right. if we're going off of good for baseball. I think uh, Tim Anderson is that guy. If we want to pick a guy that's good for baseball, Tim Anderson is the guy. Tim Anderson is fun. Like, let's just be honest. That guy's fun. I, uh, I, I, I think I, – I just, I just look back at one thing for me for that team game. specifically. No, you go, Ben. I'll, I'll let you go. I think uh, I think both those guys have a strong case, but I think uh, I think there's a there big strong man that uh, very well could bring that thing home. If we're talking about national attention uh, for these awards, how about Lucas Linwood Voigt of the New York Yankees? That guy hits a home run every single day. Dropper of dicks, according to Dallas Braden. Every every single day. That guy hits a homer, and he has been He's putting been it on for his team this year with no help, pretty much. He, he has carried a Yankees team that has been disheveled, to say the least. So I think, I think I'm going to – I could see any of those. I would, I would probably go – if I had to really put money on it, I would probably go with Jose Abreu. But I think there's a strong case for Luke Voigt. I do. I I agree. And it's 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 hard for me because I've been going back and forth between Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson because Tim Anderson's the shortstop for the White Sox and Abreu's just the first baseman. But Abreu, again, great defensive player, so we can't not knock him for not being good. He, Honestly. He, he holds it down over there for them. <laughs> Disagree. Negative 5.5 in the defensive numbers here. All right. Did not look at that. <laughs> yeah. Tough, man. But I mean, I, I just layman's stats. Abreu's top three in home runs, RBIs, hits, and average. Luke, I mean, Luke Voigt's not really – you can't really – not really saying that he's going to win any gold gloves over there. He's not a picking machine, but – Dude catches barrel. Yes, he does, in fact. I think those will be the three finalists because I don't think I see the A's running anybody out there. 
Uh, I don't, I don't think the Rays have a strong case, really. It's, I think it's between those three. I, I would have to agree. All right, let's bounce, uh, let's bounce into the NL Rookie of the Year. Let's just bounce around. Uh, I'll start off, I guess. Uh, I'm going with Jake Cronenworth of the San Diego Padres. I feel like that is the – that's probably the safe pick. Yeah, safe pick. I mean, there's no super standouts in my opinion, but I think Jake Cronenworth's numbers. Just... I, oh, I think, I think there's a super standout. It just depends if you think he's done enough by the end of the year. I don't know if you guys know who I'm talking about, but I – ha- I have a pick that's a little different. I'm not going to lie to you. All right. Ready? Let's, I, I think let's say, it, let's say it on three. Let's say it on three. One, two, three. Sixto Williams. Ah, oh, oh, damn it! Wow, that was not what I was expecting. Oh, all right. You're going reliever. I'm going reliever. He's been as <laughs> bold, gross. friend. Gross. I mean, I don't it's, know it's, if I'm giving a reliever the rookie of the year. He's been. Let let me let me enlighten you why I say such. Um, let me pull up the numbers real quick. He, oh, well, my computer's not working for me. Connor, can you pull that up for me? <laughs> Who did you pick again? You and Ben kind of blended together to me. I heard sex. I picked uh, old Sixo Sanchez. What you Williams. Oh, here we go. I mean, he does not, he's only been in 19 games, but you know, hey. I mean, season. I think uh, – not saying that Sixto is going to come away with it, but uh, if we get, like, three more good star- – I mean, two more good starts from that guy, I, he, he should be – I mean, this guy's K per nine right now is at 18.43. Yeah, that is, that is foul. Disgusting. Oh, Devin? Yeah. He's been disgusting with a .43 ERA and a one FIP. It's his- – his war for a reliever that's only been 19 games is a 1-1. I mean, who else really is in the conversation? We got Gonsolin, maybe Dustin May. Dustin, I was – this was a difficult part for for me was Cronenworth is the, is, is the fielder, is a position player, and the rest of the field are pitchers. Yeah. I, I, think, I think Cronenworth gets the nod, but um, – Sanchez on his back out there in Miami. I don't know if he's got the num- the amount, the quantity that we're looking for for this type of award, but I think it's going to come down to those two. I really do. I I could see that. I I if he doesn't get enough love, I hope Devin Williams gets enough love from our podcast because he has been disgusting this year yeah, and yeah. deserves. The credit, the credit that he deserves, that he yeah. that he's earned this year. Yeah, dude's been gross. Just looking at the numbers. All right. Uh, also, also, if we're going, Cronenworth is gonna win it. I do want to say he is only a one point six WAR, and he's played in forty five games. That's, that's true. It's true, but I mean, Kyle Lewis is running like a one point eight. So I mean, not too bad. I, I know. I'm just saying that's how good Devin Williams has been. In that's, yeah, that's yeah. true. Dudes catch barrel. Catches barrel. And fans love barrels. And they're the hot team in the game. I, I totally get it. All yeah. right. All right. Let's transition to the NL side. I feel like this one's going to be pretty interesting. I'll start um, it off. I, I want my guy Trevor Bauer to win the NL side. That dude grows the game, and he's been absolutely disgusting. Makes guys look foolish. And I think you got to give it to that guy. I'm I'm gonna just start my conversation about this with uh, I'm gonna put my hand up and realize that I didn't give Jacob Degrom any credit in this last yeah. conversation. True. That was that was poor of me. Um, I didn't I didn't even think of him. It was kind of similar to those Mike Trout, LeBron James, like those guys are the MVP, and you just are looking for something new each season. So that, that is on me. Yeah, I don't know that we truly appreciate him enough because he's definitely in the conversation. I just don't think he's at the top of it. I think he's number two. 12-8-6, 
Ks per nine, 2.4 war. The dude's just a stud. We kind of forget about him forget about him because he's been so consistently good for years. I think uh, I think it's I'm gonna go with nerve. I'm rolling with Trevor Bauer, especially after the um, the game against the Cubs the other day, getting chirped all game, facing off against you Darvish, and then he just shoved seven and a third, like nine punch. I'm I'm going Trevor Bauer. I also I'm gonna go Trevor Bauer simply because DeGrom went down last start. I don't know if he's getting another one, and he's the only one, in my opinion, that could take it from Bauer. And I don't know if anyone has the same road to to the Cy Young as Bauer. I think he might have the easier way. Yeah. And, uh, schedule. Also, you got to take into account maybe the, the Reds are pushing that eight seed. They are. They're like, they're like a game and a half out of that thing. But Felix won a Cy Young, so who knows about making That's a playoff? So that, that there is true. And Jacob Degrom's going for a three-peat. And uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Right. That will be brought up in a later segment. Yes. All right. All right. So uh, I think let's go NL MVP. I got Freddie Freeman. Ooh, I have. He was on my list. Interesting. He was on my list. I. I think it's going to be Mookie Betts. Um, Good choice. Freddie's got Freddie's got a solid a solid campaign going. He, I think he's hitting like three fifty five, um, and the Braves are going to win the division. It looks like. Uh, I'm I'm going Mookie. You know I agree. I also Mookie biggest move of the offseason. I felt like he had to show out in LA, got that huge contract, and in my opinion, he's been the most valuable player in the league. I mean, defensive numbers, he's good. Again, dude catches barrel. Just overall, great player. I'm giving it to Mookie. I think it's I think it's pretty much. I mean, Tatis, I think was running it for a while. He's kind of fallen a little bit. He's slump, he's in a slump. Uh, Sixty game season, that's gonna happen, but. But I think it's probably Mookie at this point. I think it's going to be hard for. Can we take a peek and get a comparison between the two players? Yeah. So right now, uh, here's Mookie's numbers. He's uh, he's slashing 306, 381, 597. His WRC plus is 161. He's got a 2.5 WAR, and then he's got 15 jacks, 37 runs, 35 RBIs. And we'll go to Freeman right now. So. It's uh, like the Jacks on that more layman uh, stat line. I think Freddie Freeman leads in everything but Jacks. If that's all, that's all I'm yeah. gonna say off I the mean, top of my head. Yeah, if you're going just basic slash line, Freddie Freeman 352, 465 on base, which is kind of stupid. 648, all better than Mookie. The only thing Mookie's got right now is uh, home runs. Freddie's got him in runs and RBIs, and then and defense. He's got him in, he's got him in WAR too. Mookie's just got him in defense. I think it's I think it's definitely close between those two. I think it's gonna I don't think I see anybody else with a strong case. Yeah, I I I have to say I was thinking about this a lot and I was leaning towards Freddie Freeman and then you know, good old Chipper Jones was on television the other day calling a game and he wanted people to pay attention to Freddie Freeman more and I I'm a big Freddie Freeman guy. I was fully torqued by that idea, so that's all I gotta say. All right. Yeah, I, I love me some Freddie. I would love to see that. All right. I think Good. that was a great conversation. I think I, I like that we are not all in the same boat. No, I think we had some uh some very interesting opinions. And even even no matter who's wrong, I love that we got to mention all the guys we did. I, I love that. All those too. guys think, great great for the game. I think it's good. We got a good mix of players. Great yeah. for the game. We'll we'll revisit it. We'll revisit it in a couple weeks. Yeah, we need we need to make sure we have these these picks locked down. I have yeah. it on my phone, so hopefully on my yeah. picks. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. As long as you keep your guys, as we can see who who did the best. All right. All right. We can lead into our next segment, which I like to refer to as the Nerve Nugget section. And in this uh, little uh, segment we got here, I try to stump the dudes with a trivia question. So we talked about the Cy Young. Jacob Degrom's going for a three-peat. Uh, my question is. Uh, who was the last uh, pitcher to get a three-peat in the Cy Young? Ooh. 
the last pitcher to get a three-peat in the Cy Young. Yeah. Oh. I don't think it's Kershaw. I, I think I got an idea. Okay. So let me let me know when you get, when you guys are both ready. Can we get uh, this? This is both leagues. This is both leagues, correct? Um, I. I think. Can I we think I got it. I think I got it. What was that, Ben? Do we get a decade? Decade nineties. That's not gonna. That's not gonna help me because two people got a three p in that decade. I know that. I want to say it was Greg Maddox. That's what I was gonna say. If it both wasn't, you, it was Randy Johnson. Both of you correct. It was Greg Maddox for Pete. That's right. Get roasted, guy. This guy thought he was gonna come in here and just give us a toughie. I knew that right when you said it. I, that was the first person that came to my mind. Yep. Well, but I wasn't sure if Randy did it more recently. That was kind of my. I think Randy was kind of a monster at the beginning of the two thousands. He got real hot. But then he said the 90s. I'm that's, gonna that's have to, I'm gonna have to uh, take that back. I was talking about NL Cy Young because Randy did have a three-peat in 1999 to 2002. I meant NL. I was Oh, yeah. All right. So that's, we, that, that, okay. So that makes me feel better. I, right. So we absolutely I had both. nailed I had that. Both. Yeah, we, I don't even care. I had both. Nailed it. All right. Let's talk about this uh, This bubble. This playoff bubble. Yes. Um. So, we should give a little breakdown of it first. Uh, Connor, do you have that pulled up for you? I will get it up in a second. You guys should start talking. So we got the uh, we got the AL going in. Uh, yeah, that sounds. All the AL games are in San Diego and in Los Angeles. It looks like, and then all the NL is rolling in the Houston Arlington area. Yeah. So we got no really ballpark familiarity for these teams. Um, playing an unfamiliar ballpark. So not really any advantage for anybody. So I just want to call out the bubble real quick. Why are we not doing a bubble. a bubble? It's not a bubble. Why are we doing a, yeah. If fans are going to be there, that's not a bubble. It's not just the players. Cause we got, who are we kidding? Rob, Rob, Manfred, a, Rob Manfred's sitting here. Saying that he's gonna do what the best thing the players is, but then he goes, "Oh, yeah, we might let fans in." Like, yeah. what are what are we doing? What are we doing, Rob? Rob, he's sucks. not even half of what Rob's Adam Silver is. Let's be honest. I mean, the NBA has got like every every guy on like a resort, and we're just fishing across, across states, like playing golf. What is this? Yeah, what what are we doing? What are we doing? Clean it up. But I do like that the first round does happen at the home ballparks. That there is incentives now to winning your division. The problem is it came so late that, like, that's not a driving force throughout the entire year. He's been making up rules all year long. I'm the the opposite. I would have rather seen a bubble from day one. You looked at – there were outbreaks. Well, that's fine. That's fine with me. I would have liked liked a bubble from day one. Look at the NBA. No issues whatsoever. No, no outbreaks. I would like to bubble from day one. They just would have allowed every team to be sure that they were playing the next day. See, the, yeah, issue but- is, the issue is we got to let these players be with their families throughout the year. And also, the NBA was down to the nitty-gritty. We were getting eight into the games playoffs. And playoffs. Yeah. We had a whole season to get through. So, really, I mean, this – Rob Manfred didn't have the player's best interest in mind. He still doesn't have the player's best interest in mind. Uh, but I do like the the bubble for the most part. I mean, I, I like the I like the San Diego. I like the little Texas bubble. It's going to be interesting. Me too. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely safer. Um, not I, I also, not if they let fans in though. I also love that. For the most part, these are some beautiful ballparks that are just going to be showcased yeah. for yeah. people that are not aware. Petco, Petco, Petco is unreal, place. unreal. Um, along with the new Globe Life Field, even though everybody's trying to say the outside looks like shit, the inside is pretty, pretty dope. <laughs> yes. So. 
So next we're gonna hop into our conversation with Dave Sims. We are lucky to introduce Dave Sims as our first guest. So hello, Dave. Thank All right, you. a first. Yes. Congratulations on your efforts, boys. Thank you, thank you. So I, I just want to mention, like, start. You've every single time I go to a home game, being from Seattle, I am every when I go home, I always want to hear what your call was. <laughs> thank you. Whether whether like <clears throat> two of the Mike Zanino walk off home runs that I can think of off the top of my head or that crazy J.P. Crawford play from last season. Oh, goodness gracious. I, I always go back, and I, I want to hear what you say. I appreciate it. So. I, think, uh, I think we had a good one uh, last night, the Kyle Lewis catch, which was oh, yeah. one of the sickest catches I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And that kid has a chance to be special for a lot of years, man. And, yeah. and you know, just a fabulous effort, which he does all the time, but – and they had the athleticism and the time that thing right to jump at just the right time. And then, you know, he must have had his elbow was up over the over the yellow line over the fence. So that was that it was just yeah. a superb catch. We were gonna ask, uh, what's it been like to have a front row seat to that guy this year? No, it's good. I mean, anytime you see that kind of potential and you know, it's one thing scouts tell you, hey, this guy's got a chance, blah, 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 blah. It was like, okay, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love the scouts, but they were pretty unanimous on this guy that you know, he's a quality person, which is foremost. I've met his parents. I text back and forth with his mother. <laughs> She's a riot. And uh, he's just a good kid and a, a fabulous athlete, tremendous desire, smart, uh, smart kid, coachable. And, you know, he wants – and I tell you what, supremely popular, at, at, you know, in a very tight group. It's uh, – you know, and these guys really grew up together. They had a lot of success last year. Most of these guys in Arkansas, and, uh, and we got a few more guys still to come for next year. So it, it's pretty promising. And we also heard uh, you were a former D three athlete yourself. Is that true? Yeah, a little Bethany College in West Virginia. I got recruited by Temple University late in um, my senior year. I was an eye fullback in my senior year in high school and. And I hadn't really decided where the heck I was going to go to college. And uh, Temple came after me late in my senior year. And Coach John Drew, bless his heart, Wayne Harden, who had coached uh, Roger Staubach at Navy, was still the head coach at uh, – I knew that was going to happen. But still the head coach at um, – he was the head coach at Temple. Anyway, John Drew was the receiver and backs coach. I said, Coach, what are you recruiting me for? He says, we need an eye fullback. And we talked to the coaches in your league, and they loved it. I go down to Temple. I uh, get shown around by Skip Singletary, who was an all-east guard. He was like 6'3", 250. I'm thinking, nah, I ain't doing this. this I'm not, <laughs> I like football. I don't love it that much. And I, and I did the whole visit and everything, and I said, hey, coach, God bless. Thanks. I'm, you know, I'm out. And then I went to Bethany College, played one year, finished third in the conference in kickoff returns. I knew midway through my freshman year, I lettered and everything. I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done with football. It's, I knew I wanted to be in, you know, sports media and specifically broadcasting. So that, that's where I turned my pretty much my full attention to. So how how do you go from being a Division three athlete to working with someone like Dave Niehaus? Like, what was his impact on you as a man? And well, I, you know, Dave, I knew knew of Dave a little bit. I had met him when I was doing some work in MLB, what is now MLB. MLB Network Radio, I was hosting a show and I met him, that was about 1999 or 2000. So I didn't really know a hell of a lot about him. I only met him that once. And how I got there, I mean, it's a, it, you know, it's, it's like everybody, everybody's got a story, zigzag, up, down, win, lose, you make moves. I mean, I started out as a newspaper guy, did that for seven years, then got into broadcasting, was a sports anchor, then I had my talk show in New York City, 50,000 watts, 40, 40 channels at night. 40, uh, 40 states at night, and then I was a uh, sports anchor at the CBS flagship in New York. Did some fill-in at the NBC for flagship, and you know, I got a show that my radio show was simulcast on MSG Network, and people started to see me, and you know, people started to like me, and I started, you know, going here, here, here. It was, you know, it was almost like a Frogger kind of thing, and I ended up here, and, and I did baseball. You know, I was with ESPN for a lot of years. I did college hoops, football, and baseball with them. And, Ron Fairley retired after the 06 season, and I was 
told, hey, uh, you may want to throw on a tape, and I did, and there I am 14 years later. That's the, the short version of it. That's awesome. And, I mean, last night, Rick Riz and you both had electric calls. What is, is your guys' relationship, relationship one where iron is sharpening iron? Are you, are yeah, you, you know, it, it, yeah, Rico and I get along really well because we're the same age. I'm, uh, uh, what am I, nine months older than he is. Uh, we have the same reference at the same time uh we have you know basically you know, both of us are considered ourselves you know poor man's uh baseball historians we love the game we know the game love the people in it and uh our reference points uh musically and culturally are, are pretty much aligned and so if i th- you know we crack each other up and we break chops and everything and and uh, we you know when i'm over on the radio side i always, I always have a good time it's uh and rick's a good man yeah so um i want to talk about kind of a special year for you when uh, you got to call two perfect games in one year. Um, talking about the Felix Hernandez perfect game, what, what is it like to be able to control, um, kind of have the voice behind people's memories, and what does that mean to you? Um, probably, you know, when I retire, I'll probably think more about it. I just enjoy what I do, and if I can put, you know, it's uh, that was a great moment, and you just want to you want to capture the moment. You're really not thinking ahead about you know legacy or any of that kind of. So you want to get the thing right, and um, that was super emotional because the Umber uh, game that on what April 21st of that same year, I did that game on Fox with um, Eric Karos, and we were broadcast only in Seattle and Chicagoland until they came to us in the ninth inning. The game um, in August with Felix, what was it, August 15th, 2012, um, that, that was our guy. He was at the peak of his game. He was maybe the best pitcher, certainly a top three pitcher, maybe in all of baseball at that time. And he was just dealing. I mean, there was nobody who was going to get him. And typical of the Mariners at that time, they gave him darn near no run support. He won the game one nothing. I mean, that's how perfect he had to be. I don't, I'd have to look it up. I don't remember how many hits we had, but couldn't have been more than four or five and that was super emotional because the kid had done so many things he had won the what he had won the Cy in 2010 uh he was the the biggest beacon we had here in Seattle with the Mariners uh you know since junior and uh and that crew when they made a run it was just a great moment I mean it's uh I still it's a I've had I've had a lot of great moments calling games uh, football baseball basketball college and pro uh, that that's still number one, and uh, it's going to take something really special to top it. <laughs> Probably a world. Well, I won't get to call a World Series, but it, you know, maybe a game where the Mariners clinch, you know, clinch uh, a playoff berth would probably be the next best thing. Because on TV, I wouldn't be doing, uh, I wouldn't be doing anything if, it, if they get to the LCS, uh, any of the playoffs or the World Series. So that would probably be the only thing that could get close to it. You know, the Mariners, hey, here's a drive deep left. There we go. The Mariners have won, you know, go to the playoffs. You know, that whole thing. That would be cool. Oh, yeah. We've we've been waiting for that moment for a long time. Yeah, like a generation and a half. It's getting old. Let's go. Come on. (laughs) Um, For me, you've always had a a special place in my heart because you are a black broadcaster. And um, how has it been being – like what you were the third in major league baseball something like you know in the history of major league baseball i was talking to somebody about this it's really scary bill the great bill white um um with the yankees uh radio and tv and then uh paul olden who is now and he's about my age maybe a little younger uh he was doing cleveland indians and then eventually wound up doing Tampa Bay TV and Yankees TV. Greg Gumble did Yankees TV for MSG Network, I want to say 88, 89, 90, thereabouts, in a couple of years. And then me. Yeah. Well, uh, man, it's you, unbelievable. What do you feel like your impact has been on the game moving? Um, I hope good. I mean, I hope I've provided hours and, you know, years of entertainment and, and some laughs and some good, you know, good baseball information and stories and whatnot. Um, and I hope that, and, and I've, I've, I've mentor, uh, let's see, one, two, a couple of guys who are, who are black, who, 
who aspire to get into, you know, baseball, football, or basketball. And they're both really good young uh, kids who reached out to me a few years ago. And as a matter of fact, they're both up for the Charlotte Hornets uh, radio job. Uh, it, it's been it's been good. It's been gratifying. Um, I mean, for the longest time, I was one of the few black announcers uh, doing the NFL. I was on Westwood One Radio for like 17, 18 years. Um, it, it's it's a little it it's not haunting. It's just you know I I knew I wanted to be like playing you know games, you know, playing video games. I mean, even what long before you guys were born, you know, we had these little mechanical games and dice games and all that kind of stuff. And I I always loved baseball and and I always knew that you know, that was a dream and, and I'm actually living it. And it's you know when I think when when I do podcasts and talk to people, people ask me about it. That's when it becomes mind blowing that I was, you know, a young guy out of out of Philly, out of North Philly, and then uh, you know, here I am, you know, one of thirty. What's that? What, how many teams we have? We have thirty baseball, t- thirty uh, lead TV announcers. It's um, it's pretty cool. I very believe me. I thank God every day. Yeah. Um, do you do you have? Is there a different weight this season carries for from the amount of? black ball players we have on the uh, it, you know it's cool but you know as I told them when we had a couple of round tables earlier this year that you know it's great we got like 10 11 guys on a 40-man roster and and I, I wish there were more American blacks playing we've lost like a maybe two generations of black sports fans who, who could care less about baseball that's a shame um it's an absolute crime uh and it's great to have these guys they're all terrific kids and I hope they all make it, whether it be here. And it would be very cool to have them make it here because it throws it throws me back to what early day. I don't want to say it was September 1, 1971. Danny Murtaugh started uh, his starting nine. I think it was uh, eight American blacks and one Hispanic. And, you know, I'm not advocating that that has to be the case. Now, I'm, I'm just looking for representation like everybody else. And it's, hey, God bless the Latin players. And baseball would be sunk without the Latin players. I mean, oh my God. Um, and, uh, and for the few black players that we do have, they're really they're some super guys I've got to meet. <laughs> There's only about 60 of them, um, uh, maybe 70 tops. And I've met a lot of them and they're all great kids and, and I, I root like heck for them. And I, you know, I root for a lot of guys, you know, but I, I have a lot of friends in baseball. Players, so I knew that was gonna happen. And that's one of my guys right now, one of my mentees from uh, Arizona. So um, I will call him back. Hold on. Um, anyway, he's a cancer survivor. I'm very happy for him. Um, yeah, it, I, I hope that I've, I've set an example for kids that aspire, you know, in this generation who, who are baseball fans, and if they happen to be you know, black or white, I hope that, you know, I can be an inspiration for them, like uh, guys, you know, Kurt Gowdy, Vince Scully, Charlie Jones, and all the great announcers I grew up with in the 60s and 70s. So my... Uh... Absolute favorite sports moment. I, I'm not exactly sure why, but my favorite sports moment I think ever was your game 161, Nelson Cruz. Oh, that might be my second or third, dude. What is your favorite call of yours? Um, moment? I still go with the Felix, but that I'm a I, I love Nelly like family, and when he hit, I think a seventh inning to tie it. Somebody sent that to me recently, and I, and, you know, it's obviously it's on YouTube. And my oldest son happened to be in town. He was in the booth when that happened. And he said, Dad, he said, I've seen you pump before. I've seen you excited. But I was, my whole body was like, baby, I was like, like, oh, God, it was like a hot pepper just going crazy, man. Dude, it was, and, you know, if we win that game and then win the next day, we make the freaking playoffs and we lose the game. And it was just heartbreaking. But that moment was phenomenal. The Ben Gamble uh, RBI was really big. Um, and, and because it was Nelly, I mean, yeah, he just blistered one right center field. Typical Nelly. I mean, it's like a five iron, man. He just killed it. And uh, just th- that, that's one of my favorites. That, that's, that's in my top three to four to five for sure in baseball since I've been here with uh, the Mariners. Yep. That was a great night. Man, that was great. Like, yeah, it was. 40,000 plus places. Oh, yeah. I miss it. That's the thing I miss most now. I mean, we're playing smoke. I mean, I, hopefully nobody gets sick out of this thing. I mean, Crazy watching the highlights of that call and 
it's just way different than now. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, I mean, crystal clear. And then you look out last night and I'm looking at a picture here and you can just see the smoke over and it's going to probably be even more overwhelming, uh, you know, once it gets dark and that smoke is you know, reflected by the light, man, that's going to be very eerie. And, and probably a lot of parents watching these guys playing said, dude, this is not safe. <laughs> we have the windows closed on our booth, radio and TV. Um, my, we've had Ken Griffey Jr., Ichiro, Edgar Martinez, just some of the most iconic stances in, in Major League Baseball history. If you were playing wiffle ball as a kid or what was the stance you were mimicking? Well, I was probably too. It was Willie Mays, you know, or, or Dick Allen doing the buggy whip. And then, but of course, in a whiffle, it's easy with a wiffle ball bat, 40 ounce bat, the man used to hit, get the inside pitches. So those are the two, right? Those are the two that come to mind. Um, cause, and because I'm right-handed and they're right-hand hitters. Uh, there was a, Stan Musial had a great, you know, he had an interesting style. Willie Davis, a terrific center fielder, the Dodgers in, six, in the early 60s. He had sort of a unique stance, but I would say Mays and Allen, absolutely, in terms of offense. And, uh, as I think back, maybe even the high school years, Johnny Bench, because I was a catcher, uh, and he was right-handed. Um, I remember that stance a lot. I, I, I would do that. Yeah. How about you guys? Uh, Albert Pujols or Miguel Cabrera. Those are the two that. Yeah. That was, I'd say both of those guys are going to the Hall of Fame. That was a big – Jeter was my guy growing up. Yeah, with the handout, you know. Yeah, handout. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. Great I'm player. Left I'm left-handed, so Ichiro was always my guy growing up. He was my idol when I was four. In his prime, man, that dude. I, you know, see, I I got here at seven, so he still had some some game left, and he could still run, could still throw didn't hit that much. He really put a premium. I mean, it seemed like he put most of his efforts just going the other way to slap it. Yeah. But in those early years, man, you can have middle end where he can yank it on you. And the thing that was so funny in, uh, what was it, nine? Yeah, the 09 season when Junior came back, it was always fun to be down on the field during BP. And they generally would be in the last group. He home run derby. Junior would hit some upper deck or third deck, and each of all go, yeah, really? Boom. Boom, just like nothing, you know? Yeah, I think one of my favorite memories of him is like clearly him breaking the hit record, but him walking off Mariano. Like not a lot mm. of guys get to walk off. That Mariano. was a big one. Somebody sent yeah. that out to somebody, somebody who does a lot of digging in the, I spent a lot of time on YouTube looking at archives. All of a sudden, I get a tweet, uh, that call with, where he walked off Mo. And then recently I've seen somebody post the same, I think it was the same dude. He posted uh, an arena football game I did back in 2002. Um, I think that was, was that game that was in Florida. And that was another time I did a game in Toronto. And then it was something, oh, I know what it was. It was a, oh, I did a game on, the first game I ever did on CBS, I did a game with Billy Packer, February of 94. We did Kentucky at Syracuse. And he had the on camera, he had a screenshot of our on camera that we did, and I did the tournament that year, 94 and 95, that was a lot of fun. Did the tournament on TV, I did the tournament on radio for 15, 16 years. That's awesome. Those are ben. some great moments too. The, uh, the, the one, before Felix threw that perfecto, my, my favorite moment broadcasting was doing the 06 East Regional Final where um, uh, George Mason upset number one seed Connecticut and in, in a building that you could feel the building breathing. I mean, you know, it felt like a souffle that was going up and down, up and down. It was George Mason's right, right across the river from DC and Fairfax and full house. Connecticut had a bunch of people there. I was working with the late great Dave Gavitt, father of the Big East, and we had a blast. That was, uh, and I get, and John Thompson just passed away. I did some games with him. I did, a, 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 I'll leave you with this one. Um, 07. Um, what the heck was that? That was at the Meadowlands in Jersey. Um, 
East Region Championship, North Carolina against Georgetown. JT3 is, is coaching the Hoyas. Coach John's working with me on Westwood One Radio. We're in overtime, and Jeff Green was a really good player. Played here for the Sonics, I think, for a cup of coffee. Um, he, he comes out in the floor, and the TV timeout is still going on. They come out on the floor early, and he's walking this way, passes. And John takes his head off, and I won't use the, the Anglo-Saxon term, a two-word Anglo-Saxon term, but he says, you take over this effing game. And Jeff I think he scored a couple, a couple of baskets, had a couple of stops. Georgetown went on to beat Carolina to get to the Final Four. But that was a wild moment to have. Look at your brother, Gaspar, you know, big you know, John's about 6'9", 300 pounds, and his voice. That was, was, was a funny moment. I'll never forget that. Awesome. Ben, do you have any more questions? or? No. Nope. All right, so this is our trivia question. What do you got? All right. From your full first season with the Seattle Mariners, what player is currently on the Linfield baseball coaching staff? I'll give you a hint. Well, I know Scott Brosius. Did he come back to you? I know he was your, your coach for a long time. No, no. He, he didn't come back. That was great guess. He, he hangs around. He's around every once in a while. Okay, that's cool. So, uh, so I was a, a guy on the Mariners 017. 017. Yes. And what does he do? He's an uh, assistant. Assistant yeah, coach. Oh, seven. Volunteer. Wow, that's a that's a. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I got a hint if you need it. Yeah, hold on. Let me just. That team, that you know, that wasn't exactly a super memorable team. Although they did stay in a playoff contention until right after Labor Day. Um, oh, uh, oh, oh, uh, big uh, Richie Sexton. <laughs> wow, wow. That, that's it. That's you nailed wow. it. Yeah, Richie Sexton, because I know he's from Oregon, and I knew he, I'd heard that he was coaching. And, and as I was thinking back to that team, he was. I remember when I got the job, he was about the only name on that team I really knew. Well, Ichiro and Sexton, the only two guys I really knew. Yeah, Rich, Big Richie. Yeah. Oh. See, I, how's he doing? He's good. He's the. He's actually the. I think he's the head head coach at Bend High School. Good and he's also, he's also a volunteer assistant with us. Yeah. Wow, if you see him, tell him my, I send my best. I know, All right. cool. I know, I think the word was he always wanted to be a basketball player, but he was so good at baseball, so it wound up being, being an MLBer. He, he had some big years with, um, with uh, since, not since he was at Milwaukee. Yeah, and he had a few big, big home runs for us that year in 07. I'd have to go back and look at it, but I know I had, had a few. That, well, all the years are starting to blur together now. But I just been I'm always pretty stuck on the ballpark, but that was unbelievable. But finally, after two near misses of getting major league jobs at that point, um, this was really huge to uh, to land this job. No question about it. Yeah. All right, Dave. Well, thank you for your time. This has been more than we could have asked for. Thank you for being our first guest. Really. Hey, you bet. Hey, good luck, fellas. All the best. Take care. Stay in touch. All right, you bet. All right, good luck to you. All right, thank you again, Dave Sims, for your time. That was an amazing conversation that we had. I took a lot out of it, especially being a Mariners fan growing up. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool getting to listen to him talk about uh, some things. My favorite sports memory of all time that was pretty cool yeah that, yeah it was pretty awesome so uh first off i want to put my hand up again not a hot start didn't mention mike trout what are we doing what, what are we doing that's rough two, two weeks in a row we we didn't mention the best position pitcher then the best position player what are we doing we <laughs> hand up is all this, of us this, is, is this a baseball rough. podcast that was rough Wow. It is a baseball podcast. He's probably gonna he should he probably should win it. Like that's the thing. We're just overlooking yeah. him just because we're trying I, to have fun with this. I think we can just put a little asterisk in and say that we all think that he is the MVP. I think it'd just be boring to just say, Yeah, Mike Trout and Jacob yeah, I mean, Crom win the MVP and the Cy Young. Like 
Yes, exactly. All right. So another thing I want to get into is we saw what happened with Trent Grisham the other day. Hit a big home run. Was loud about it. He didn't, he didn't really say anything to Kershaw. He wasn't respecting Kershaw's greatness. It didn't really matter because the Dodgers came out and just ended that series the next two. Just games. like just like we talked about last pod, those guys have a lead, commanding lead in the division now. I think still think they're the alpha dog. As good as the Padres are, I think we saw the Dodgers' true colors this week. For sure, for sure. Um, I also wanted to talk about uh, other sports. Um, this is part of the, the, the show where I allow us to be a little we're, – we're all allowed to be a little biased. I'm a big Seahawks fan. I'm going to be saying my piece about the Seahawks, how I feel about them. I know Connor is as well. Seahawks, baby. Um, I, I will say my gripes about them, of course, because that's, that's what I, I, I need to do. I can't just sit here and say how great they are. I know Ben's a Packers fan. I mean, I have my feelings about that, but I think he's the only one I, I, I respect, to say the least. Um, other than that, I want to talk about the NBA specifically because they that playoff they're in the playoffs right now. Playoff P did not show up for the Clippers. I only got I only got one thought about the NBA. I haven't really been following too much. All I saw this week was that. Um, Damian Lillard took to Twitter and absolutely just obliterated Paul George. And C.J. McCollum went, went and pretty much, I think, drank a whole bottle of wine and just decided to unleash his thoughts upon the Twitterverse, which was – Which was deserved. Awesome. It was awesome. deserved. And I'm, I'm happy to see the, the Clippers eliminated, considering that everybody was saying that they were the NBA champions. I mean, I love LeBron. I want to see him get another one, but I also have to respect what the Heat are doing. The Heat came back to the bubble just looking better than everyone else. They looked like they were just in better shape. They had better chemistry. They just won. They won COVID. That's what they did. And yeah. now they're trying to win a championship afterwards. It gets down to it, though. I'm taking Braun over any team in the bubble right now. Him and AD are too unstoppable. The lack of depth is a little scary, but I'm still – I don't think anyone – James in the game in a seven game series they're a serious matchup issue that's for sure all right moving on i got a trivia question for you boys all right i think it'll be better than the last one i think it will be um so we were talking about cy young and shane bieber is running away with the al cy young but this is this is a general cy young question he is one stat away from being the triple crown winner for this season who was the last two Triple Crown winners when it comes to the Cy Young? So what that means they had ERA wins and strikeouts. Who was the last two guys? I know, I know one of them, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I can get the other one. I know one. I mean, this, this could be a reach, but they are two of the greatest pitchers of all time. So we, you, you will know okay, them. Uh, we're going to say that they're not that recent. Not that recent. Can we get a, like a um, sort of era here? Uh, the It was before the 90s. Not but in the live ball era, but before the 90s. Okay. I have my one. Don't know if it's right or not, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, Bob Gibson. You're wrong. All right, thought I was. Um, we, don't need to, we don't need to spend too much time on it, but I'll give you guys two guesses and I'll give you the answer. All right, all right, all right. Is it? Oh, this is tough. Um, I'm gonna say Sandy Koufax. That is one. Okay. He did it, he did it twice, actually. In 65 and 66. Wow. Okay. Um, if I go two for two on this, I'm going to be very proud of my – I'm going to say – I'll lose my mind if you get this wrong. I mean, it's a great pitcher, but 
Is he in the Hall of Fame? Is it Bob Feller? No. Is it uh, – I got one more guess. Okay. Go is it the late, great Tom Seaver? No. Oh, that was actually going to be my next guess. 1984. Good trivia question. A little bit better than last one, but <laughs> easy guy. All right, what, Connor? You you had something to ask, ask oh, us? Yeah. Uh, my question is: I'm all about making the game of baseball fun. I'm all about that. So my question is: Who is the most fun slash swaggiest player in the bigs right now? I have my answer. You give us yours first, because I you think added, you added fun to the question. Okay, just swaggiest. 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 Okay, just I can get straight swag. You yeah, go right, first. Swag. You go first. Mine. See, I'm a big uh, Chicago shortstop fan these days, so I'm giving mine. To, I love the Latin guys. I think Javi Baez is the swaggiest guy in the league. Dude, just He's make so things look swaggy. All right, Eli, you want to go on three again? See if we can uh, do it. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. One, two, three. Tim Anderson. Drew McKenzie. Uh, oh, what? I love me an African. Drew McKenzie. He is so okay. swaggy. All How right. Well, I've been saying I, this. For years, I have had this debate with my roommates. Andrew McCutcheon stays the swaggiest player in the league. We get, I, posts, we get posts about his straight drip all the time on social media because he's just got that much swag. Does it mean he's producing right now? I don't think so. I think he is a negative war. But <laughs> he's always looking flashy. He's always looking cool. Like, how can you not give him the credit he deserves? Well, I can give him the credit he deserves. I just... Tim, have you seen Tim Anderson? Have you seen the kind of stuff that guy posts on social media? No, he's 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 cool. I would I would probably have him second, but I have McCutcheon staying the oh, swaggiest dude in the league. I really thought we were gonna agree on that one. That, he was my I I yeah I I, I thought we had it too. I, I like where we went with it. Like, I don't really put him in my. I don't even know if I put him in my top five swaggiest. That's disrespectful. Honest. You that's disrespectful. Yeah, you don't you don't know what you're talking about. You're losing <laughs> credibility to me. All right, all right. Final thoughts, boys. I got a final thought. It, you know, it just happened to pop up on my timeline, and I'm just not a big fan of this particular athlete. Um, Tom Brady has three pick sixes in his last 94 pass attempts. Um, my my guy Aaron Rodgers has two for his entire career. I don't know if I was aiming that more at Tom Brady or more at my guy. Uh, but I think that's pretty interesting. That is interesting. Tom, we talk, good. talk about MVPs today. You just brought up quarterbacks, so I'm going to talk about quarterbacks and MVPs. Russell Wilson, MVP 2020. Doesn't have any votes. Dude has been consistently the top five quarterback in the league now for I don't know how many years. The dude needs to get some love. Show some love to the Pacific Northwest and give Russell Wilson the MVP he deserves. That's not that's not my final thought, but uh, really, it's it's wrong. He has zero MVP votes. Yeah, in his uh, that I, is I, blasphemy. That is that's that's bad. That's okay, bad. so my final thought. It's gonna be a shout out to you guys. Uh, the fires were going on, and you guys did a pretty great thing by collecting clothes. And I, I'm proud of you guys. I mean, this is our podcast. We're doing big things. Honestly, thank you for from my community to yours, and I'm sure other communities would be thanking you too. Yeah, Oregon's been hit real hard. Uh, we got a ton of rain tonight, though, so we're hoping. Yeah, we're hoping we come out tomorrow and there's not ash falling from the sky. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that's how that's how it is here right now. But yeah, so hopefully. And another thing we talked about a little bit earlier. I'm going to find time. We're going to do a live pod, the three of us. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to come down. I'm going to see you guys. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have a ball. All in one room. All in one room. Yeah. It's going to get, I feel like it's going to get a lot more heated in all in one room. Oh, yeah. I, I might punch Connor's face in. Who knows? We don't know. It's a possibility now. Like, I, I'm not going to punch my computer. That's not, that's not how this is going to work. Like I said, I mean, we, just got, we got to have some improvement on the on the trivia questions next week. It's just we oh, I brought the I brought the heat nerve. I'm going deep <laughs> in the bag. You just wait. 
I'm oh, I'm ready. I'm I'm excited. I we absolutely destroyed your trivia question. All right, just wait. So, all right, great pod, guys. We're out. Thank you.